We're talking hockey. Raldi wears rubber. Talking hockey. Playoff hockey's rolling. Talking hockey. Big Dick Domingue. Hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk. It's a beautiful night for talking hockey on the internet. I am your host, Nick Moraldo. That magical voice, that sensational sound you just heard was our pal, the pals, our lad of the lads, our north of the border friend at Bubba Gumpino. Gumpy, how you doing, sir? All is well thus far. I cannot believe the Capitals are going to knock the Panthers out of the playoffs. That's something that is feels like it is going to happen, my friend. That's uh, one nothing. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. A lot of hockey left to be played here. Eight minutes and eight minutes left in the first period of that game. You asked the question: Where is Mike Rupp? Where is our resident Stanley Cup champion, our Game Seven goal scoring hero? Well, he's right here, pal. I'm right he's here, covering the game in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Look at that scenic backdrop. Yeah, there you go. City of bridges and the river. How is that are you, Maroon? Pal? Is that Maroon Rupper? Yeah, Patty Maroon, right here. I like it. Hey, you look good, good, big fella. Yeah, thanks, good boys. Thanks, boys. Penguins. Penguins, uh, I don't know, man. Getting it done early here. So we'll see. Hey, um, uh, I, I, I said today on Hammer Don, I was going to be very surprised if the Rangers don't come out 100 miles an hour, uh, lay in the wood, a lot of energy, a couple goals early. Uh, color me surprised because that didn't yeah. quite happen. Now, granted – uh, they did come out with a little juice. Uh, Truba comes out and throws an elbow right into Gensel's head. And then a slash call on the same delayed penalty. So the Pens got an early 5-on-3 advantage. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't see much of a slash at all. I did. I mean, the elbow was spot on. That was a great call. It was a headshot yeah. there. Uh, Truba's wild card in his own end. Uh, and I've been interesting. I've kind of just been watching him skate around his end there uh, in the first period there. He's... Uh, he likes to turn the puck over, and he likes to go for some big hits. Kind of puts himself out of position. But uh, Igor looked comfortable early. Then Jake gets one, puts the pens up one nothing. Uh, the Rangers showed a little bit of a late surge there. The last two minutes of that yeah. period, the Rangers started to come a little bit. Yeah, I was like you, man. I thought this team was going to come out a lot like they did in Game One. Remember Game One where they just came Flying. out had the had the pens on the ropes, and then they kind of ran out of gas there, and the pens managed the game. But like, I didn't really see. I didn't really see that big push. You got those two dumb penalties there. That could be the game right there. That could be the series. I'm actually surprised they call it. I mean, I, I always viewed it. You talk to any player, like, whenever there's a delayed penalty already, like, that's a free pass to do whatever the fuck you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, hands up already. Oh, I'm swinging for the fences. I'm slashing you. I'm whacking you. I'm going to run you. You never get called. They will never call it. And you're going to call that in an elimination game? I mean, I'm kind of shocked by that. But nonetheless, um, no Hey, do you done. think – I always try and I always try and put myself in the referee's position. Do you think it's because it was Sid, I believe, who was skating down that they called the slash on uh, who drew the penalty? He was right in front of the net in like a scoring position. Do you think that's why they called the second one? I mean, even then, I, I'm thinking like, wow, that's crazy. They call both. That's absolutely insane. But I think it was just because he was in a shooting position yeah. in the slot. Yeah, maybe. Um, but then, but then you see how it goes after that. Like Sid got hit. You know, was a high stick or something later on? That, and then there's some other plays where you're like, that should be a penalty, and they're not calling it because they're like, oh, we, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's like, yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't have called that. We'll we'll make it better here. It's just like just call the game, man. Like I actually, I'm, I'm kind of contradicting yes. myself. 
because I'm I'm saying just call the game. But if you're seeing two penalties, call two penalties. But I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Like if you're gonna go down that road, just keep going with it, dude. Like just if it's a penalty, then call it. But I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was gonna be a big momentum swing for the Rangers killing that off. That's huge. But uh Penguins are in control here. They look good. They do. Uh, Domingue looks comfortable. Uh, the Pens seem to have really found their system and their stride, while the Rangers seem to be uh, struggling a little bit, playing as like a five-man unit and cohesively. And uh, we talk about a, a lot is made of playoff experience and having veterans and having guys who've been there before. But what's kind of stuck out to me is I feel like the the Rangers players who don't have that experience, at least up front, specifically talking about the forwards, have been their best players so far. That kid line of Lafreniere, uh, Cheadle, and, and uh, Kako, and everyone, it feels like their younger players have been the best so far in the playoffs. And it feels like their veterans, Panarin, uh, Kreider, uh, have been the ones that kind of been getting caught with their pants down, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I think that the the inexperience, you got to throw that out the window because of what you said, like that, that heat line, that third line of Lafreniere and him and, and Kako, they've been the best line. I mean, yes. they've been, they've been the best. So, I mean, if it's experience, those guys shouldn't have, they don't have any. So it, why are they being effective out there? I mean, even on the first goal, uh, you know, it's like Mika's advantage. Brian Russ took his lunch, took his lunch money right there in the corner. And then he gets up and then, Jake Gensel does the same. Like that, you know, it you're supposed to be a top end player for your team. Um, I don't want to say he's supposed to. He is a top end player. He's a top yeah. end centerman in, in the NHL. And, and he deservingly so. He's a great player, man. But in this situation, your team needs you to win these battles. And he doesn't. Now they're down one nothing. And I haven't really noticed Artemi Panarin overly in the series. So uh, it's it's still a lot of game left here, but I mean things are kind of just screaming to me. This is kind of how it's been here. The Pens having their way, and and uh, we'll see in the second period here. It's just starting now. Yeah, let me flip over to that. I've had the uh, Caps uh, Florida game on here. Yeah, how's that one? How's that one looking? Gumpy, Gumpy, you said it was one nothing. What happened? I didn't see that one yet. I don't hear Gumpy. Do you hear Gumpy? Right there. Oh, here we go. We good? Yeah, we're good now. We're bad. Yeah, we got you. I got now. a two TV. I got a two. It looked TV good though. I saw this. I saw this. I got. And I, was like, oh, I got Guinos. I got Guinos Rangers to my left, and then the middle of the other TV is you guys and my computer and my amazing setup here. So I kind of got the outside edge. All I know is it's one nothing Capitals, and I mean this was the worry about the Panthers all along, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I thought, did you not think though, that the way that last game ended up in them winning in the way that they won, I was like, Oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to turn this on. I mean, I don't know, man. Especially maybe this back home to Florida. Playing, yeah. Maybe this cap seems just they're so good at home. They have the attendance. Uh, I don't know. There was some dispute on, uh, on the accuracy of the report, but they had the, the attendance reports came out so far, and and uh, Florida looks to be leading the league so far in the tents. I mean, uh, there are a lot oh. of teams with sellouts. I think it's just by capacity they're the biggest. But um, yeah, yeah, man, that's pretty pretty good for them because that's a a place where there's a lot of other things to do in the regular season where they don't get many fans. So the playoff, they got a little playoff fever down there in Florida, but <laughs> it might be over before they get going. Hey, we say this all the time, though. If you're in those non-traditional hockey markets or you're a newer team, like as long as you win. People are going to show up. 
Like, of course, people aren't going to go to Florida Panther games with all the things there are to do, being that close to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, et cetera, whatever it may be. Uh, you're in the beach and the sunshine and everything. If they're a team that's winning 20, 30 games, you know, of course yeah. no one's coming. You're winning 50, almost 60 games in a season. Yeah, people are going to start showing up. And, yeah, they should be sold out for the playoffs. That's, that's great to see. Uh, not to mention, least of all, Kodak Black probably out there, like, uh, grinding on, grinding down some honey in the sweet or something. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need that to happen again to fucking get the lads going. <laughs> Fire the boys up. Hey, put that on the that guy street. is only allowed. That guy is only allowed at the game in wide open spaces. No more. No more <laughs> privacy of a suite or whatever. <laughs> uh, hey boys, uh, just a quick. Let's talk a little bit about the stuff that happened this week while some of these games are getting settled in here. Um, the Devils have had. I want to talk about your team, Rupper your Stanley Cup champion team, the Devils, they've had six top seven overall picks and have missed the playoffs in nine of the last 11 seasons. I mentioned this because the draft lottery just happened last night, and they were oh so close to getting that mighty number one, coveted number one pick again. They landed at number two, and number one pick, Gumpy, you got to love this, of course, goes to Les Habitants, Montreal Canadiens, one year after being in the Stanley Cup final. And this year, of course, with the entry draft being in the Bell Center in Montreal this summer. Yeah, Gumpy, what are you? You're all fired up for you're all fired up for the abs or what? I mean, my my mind is solely on Calgary tonight, my friend. What what a fall! What a what a fall from grace for Montreal, though, man. To go from yeah. in the stand, but I mean. Like I said, we talked about it a thousand times. You take you take Weber and Carey Price off a team that wasn't that deep. You know that's your heart and soul gone all year, damn near all yeah. year, dude. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's that that's a spot where I don't know, I like him. I like Shane Wright. Um, barring that, is pretty much everyone's opinion is going to be the first overall. Do you know, you know anything about Shane Wright? Can you talk a little bit about him? I've heard the player comparable being Patrice Bergeron. He's like the great uh, Shane yeah. Wright, allegedly like a solid two-way player. And, I mean, we always talk about this on Patcho. We hate comparing prospects to current players because it like, puts – Like great players too. Yes, but like Bergeron's <laughs> like a generational talent. And as great as Sidney Crosby is offensively, Bergeron is like the equal defensively while yeah. playing offense. So it's like you don't want to put that kind of pressure on Shane Wright, especially going into Montreal. But I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, he's not as sexy as the Connor McDavid or the Austin Matthews, but he seems to be, like, he'll be a dependable uh, first or second line center for 10, 12 years or however long his career is, hopefully. So he's been the he's been the bona fide number one since he was, I mean, projected number one, I should say, f- since he was 14, 15. So he's 18 now or, or just turning 18. Um, and the last couple of years with COVID, it's kind of, I don't know, the gap's been narrowed because think of it from this standpoint, like Shane Wright hasn't played a ton of hockey. And the, the Ontario Hockey League has been, they were stopped down. They didn't play in games uh, right at the beginning of COVID and it's been kind of spotted in. But then some of these other players that are in different programs, whether it's in North America or overseas, like they're in different situations, so they're able to be seen. So that gap that was like maybe very big is now, in a lot of people's opinion, like a lot closer. So I don't know in this case, like the New Jersey Devils get number two. Uh, you know, sure they're going to say those right things at the draft, like, "Hey, we're happy either way because we've got 
you know, they'll try to talk it like it, uh, like it was a Connor Eichel draft. Oh, it doesn't sure. matter. We're good. But you know who the number one is. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it's due to just being able to see the players and being able to get out there and get on the road and see these guys and see their practices, talk to people. And, and I think that lacked in some regard with Shane Wright. So that gap's been closed. But, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, – I, I, the first thing I looked at when it happened, obviously seeing who got the first overall pick, I – the Detroit Red Wings have the worst luck I've ever seen with these lotteries. You know, like this year, <laughs> this year, Montreal had the best odds. And if here's a little kicker to it, to, it, whenever we talk about kind of failing to get the highest pick, remember, which you, Gumpy, you would know because this affected your, your Dallas Stars, the Arizona Coyotes win over Nashville in the last game. Remember that one? Remember yeah. where, wasn't it Nashville was up? Weren't they up three goals or something? And then Arizona ran off, uh, you know, whatever, four in the uh, in a row, and they won in regulation. All Nashville needed was one point. And if Nashville mm-hmm. got one point, Nashville would be playing against Calgary, and Dallas would be playing against Colorado, which we know who the best team is. It's Colorado, right? So that, that was one side of it. The other side of it is that win um, by Arizona – took them out of the best percentage for this top pick. So that's how Montreal had the best percentage of the lottery for the top pick. So a lot was riding on that last game for a lot of different teams. Um, but I, I like, sure, Montreal had the best odds of, of getting the top pick, which really isn't much. I, I don't know if you guys know it off the top of your head, but I think it's like, I think it's like eighteen percent or something. I think I think 18%. Like yeah, that. it's not it's not anything crazy, right? So, of course, the, the year that they have it, Montreal, the 18%, they win it. Detroit has been having great odds every year, and they never – like, they they almost I, – I, I'm not a pro with the, the draft, uh, but it's uh, – with the draft order of the lottery, I should say. But there's – they change the rules where you can only go up so much depending on which, which tier you're in, right? So, like, Vancouver – I think you can, they could have only gone up in the lottery seven spots from where their record was or something like yes. that. So they were not able to get that top pick. So with that being said, Detroit always, like, they have the ability to go up exponentially and they never fucking do. They're in the same, like, they're actually worse than what they're, they're actually worse than what they're, you know what I'm saying? Like, it blows my mind. So if I'm, if I'm Steve Eisman, I'm fucking throwing chairs. Like, this is bullshit, dude. Like, this guy. Yeah, like, but the they, one year. What are they year, picking? Where are they picking now? They're picking like six or seven, uh, aren't they? They're picking eighth. And eighth. I said something to Foxy in the office today about it. And he goes, from what I, from what he had seen from a lot of Red Wings fans, that's about where they expected. Because I think they're used to the luck of the lottery now and yeah. everything. And I remember years ago, I think it was the, the most cider draft where he was taken what sixth overall, I believe. I think they were expected to have one or two that year. Yeah. I think they had the, the and, best and when they took, and when they, they took, and then when they took most cider, who a lot of people think are going to, is going to win the, uh, the Calder this year. That was like a project pick. Everyone's like, yeah. Whoa, we didn't even have this guy up here. So that was like a real gutsy pick, but it turned out to be a very good one for them. But yeah, man, it's so I'll give you the order here right now. It's Montreal one, New Jersey two, Arizona three. I feel like that's good for those teams. I feel like mm-hmm. that's about where they Seattle four. Seattle probably would have liked to have been a little higher, but you can still get a useful player at four. Uh 
Philly at five, Columbus at six via the trade with Chicago, uh, Ottawa at seven, and Detroit at eight. And then you have uh, Buffalo at nine from their late season surge, Anaheim at 10, San Jose 11, Columbus at 12, the Islanders at 13. We'll get to that and Barry Trotz in a second. I know you got some thoughts on that. 14 is Winnipeg, 15 is Vancouver, and 16 is Buffalo via Vegas and the Jack Eichel trade. Um, two things jump out to me there. Uh, that Vegas pick going to Buffalo. Yeah. Vegas, obviously, the disappointing end of their season. It's been pretty quiet out of Vegas, though. Not like I, I think some people expected fireworks. Maybe a coaching change. Maybe uh, maybe some comments from the owner. It's been it's been relatively quiet there. Whereas on the flip side, now you go to the Islanders, where I think everybody expected it to be business as usual, run it back, and all of a sudden Barry Trotz uh, gets told to take a hike after taking yeah. them two straight conference finals, then missing the playoffs because of the tumultuous season they had. COVID, the opening of the new arena, which caused the 13-game road trip to open the season. They never quite got on track. Uh, and you put out a couple little tweets on Twitter because you played for Lula Amarillo, the GM there, obviously the Hall of Fame legendary GM uh, with the Devils at the time, now with the Islanders. Uh, and you kind of – I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing your words. You said, like, no one has the pulse of that team down more than Lou. So if Barry's out, there was a good reason behind it in terms of Lou knows what's best for the team and what's best moving forward. Yeah, he 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 does what everybody thinks Lou's ever going to do. He does the complete opposite. That's what he's always done, right? So even when they're looking for a coach right now, there's there's people who Lou think or you would think that are on the top of Lou's list, and chances are he's going to do something that no one really thought of, right? So um, you know, I I just think that. Uh, you know, I was I was on the team in 2007. We were first place before the playoffs. Uh, we were first place with one game left, I think, before the playoffs. Um, and he fired Claude Julian. Like we went into practice that day, and we're getting ready, and like we have no coaching staff, and we're getting ready. One to go game, out. one game, dude. Guppy, we're in first place. <laughs> We were like one that of the is best, cold, dude. We were like that one of the best cold. records, one of the best records in the Eastern Conference, and uh, comes in and like we were shocked. And you know, with that being said, Claude Julian went on, and um, he's available now. Um, you know, he's had uh, he won a cup in in Boston, was there for a long time. Then he went to Montreal. Things didn't work out, and he's one of those coaches that should be certainly be in that coaching carousel for this uh, this off season. But um, he. It was necessary, like without f- fully du- divulging. Um, they, we, they, we weren't. He wasn't going to be able to squeeze us anymore, and that was the right move. And then all of a sudden, Lou came down, grinded you now, down to a nub. Yeah, now you got Lou coming down, and and you got the GM standing behind you on the bench. And uh, what happened here? Snipe, oh, Guinos, Latang. Latang. There we go. Uh, Latang jumps up in the play, feed over from Malkin one time or beat Shisterk. And I'm just enough behind you guys. I can get a little play by play. Yeah, here. I just seen him skate uh, by the, the line here. No, that's nice. I want to see how this one happened. Uh, go on, lads. One timer. A lot of odd man rushes. This is, this is kind of what I meant early about the Rangers not uh, kind of having all these breakdowns. Just some ill advised jumps up into the play. And that's just the situation there. Zucker chips the puck to Gino and go ahead, yeah. Rubber. I'm talking over you all. No. 23rd career playoff yeah, goal for Latang. Yeah, I mean, it starts there. Adam Fox pinches to begin with. And then you have Braden Snyder, who's trying to close out at the blue line. So anybody left in the middle of the ice is going to be a forward. And I'll tell you this much. 
when you're forward and you're skating backwards and you've got Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang coming down, you're a fucking fish out of water, man. <laughs> it's a bad spot to be in. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, um, they, they've had way too many odd man rushes. The, the Rangers given up a ton of them. Last game, there was like 10 odd man rushes in the game. But anyways, uh, so yeah, it's, um, you know, Lou, Lou has this innate ability to like, just know what's, he knows everything, man. Like this guy literally knew everything um that goes on so i mean does it make sense am i surprised um no it doesn't make sense uh, am i surprised yes but this is lou and i, I would assume that th- there's probably something that come into play too with like matt barzell for some reason i think matt barzell anthony bavillier um these younger players a lot of really that, talented uh, yes offensive and they're not guys. and they're not scoring a bunch they're not they're not playing to their full capability so maybe it's to shake it up and get a different coach in there that can maybe free up some offense for these guys so i don't know it, it surprised the hockey world but i i trust that first off barry trust can go wherever he wants if i'm yeah. if, to go back to detroit if i'm detroit i throw everything at this guy go get barry yeah. trotz Go get Barry Trotz, but um, there's been a lot of rumors that linked him to Winnipeg because he's a Manitoba boy. Uh, Ooh, one of the conspiracy okay. theories out there is that uh, someone said that uh, he's got a house out in Vegas, and I don't know. And, and get the boar out of Vegas. Here's get the connection. that guy out of there. Here's a little connection here. Pete DeBoer with Lou had a great relationship in New Jersey. So if Vegas, they could be have a, we could have a little flippy flop here where you got Pete DeBoer going to the island and potentially Barry Trotz going to, uh, you know, going out there to Vegas could be an option. I mean, there's, there's just a million teams. Look at the teams right now. If, if, yeah. Toronto, if Toronto ends up fizzling away and loses the series, I think Sheldon Keefe's out. Barry mm-hmm. Trotz would get a call for that job too. So I think uh, no one's going to make any decisions till we start seeing who, what other teams are dropping out and if there's any other coaching removals, I yeah. guess. So if you're Barry, you're just sitting back waiting. You're waiting for teams to drop out. You're looking yeah. at the situation uh, because you got even uh, Florida as well. Obviously, the situation with Joel Quinville and and your buddy Bruno Andrew Burnett uh, takes over there. But I don't know is that still an interim position or is he? Did they it officially is. hire him? It so, is. I mean, that's if that's if they get knocked out. If they get knocked out, I think it's going to be tough for them to keep Bruno in that position. So. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, if you're if you're Trotsy, like you got the pick of the litter here. You know, yeah, and, and quite frankly, to talk about the Canucks too. Well, that oh, um, yeah. that weird, whoa, whoa, whoa. weird ass situation out there with Bruce barbecue, not, Bruce. Yeah, but Brucey, like <laughs> this could be a good a good storm for Brucey too, because there could be a lot of openings here. And and once the big dog Barry Trotz is eaten up, now it's now it's the next guy. And I think uh, Bruce has has left uh, a good taste in people's mouth uh, this year. Is he done? Is he done in Vancouver? He so I, from my understanding, he had an agreement in place basically just for the this this season, and it was like if you like me and I like you, uh, we'll continue this. If not, that's cool. And I think that things obviously went a certain way, and they went good for them. And he, um, I think they're, I think they're saying that they're not sure if they're ready to make a long term commitment or not. 
So what? they want to they want to see other people apparently. So uh, yeah, fucking got a Travis Green coaching for uh, hey, that's years, that's Rutherford, dude. man. Rutherford's running the show up there, and I know he's got Patrick Alvin as the as the GM now, but Rutherford's still the president and in charge, and he's a wild card too. You never know what uh, Jim Rutherford's going to do. I don't know. I, I'm going to say like I think maybe they were like, all right, Bruce, we'll bring you back for the full season. And I think Bruce is like, I need more. Um, yeah i need more security than that yeah and so but bruce also has to probably be sitting here thinking i'm feeling pretty good about how people view me right now so if i can only get one year in vancouver then i'll just wait and try to see if i can get something more somewhere else uh one more thing uh off ice i want to talk about not off ice but uh not about the playoffs so to speak that i want to get to before we talk about some of the games last night and the games happening right now obviously um, let's chat about some of these awards because the finalists for some of the end of season awards are getting announced. Um, the what so far we've seen the Vezina, uh, which is for the best goalie that's voted on by the GMs of the league. Uh, the Calder, which is essentially the rookie of the year trophy. And I'm trying to think what was the other one that was put out there so far? Uh, the Norris, the Norris. Which is for the best defenseman in the league. Uh, I'll start with the Norris finalists so far. Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr and Victor Hedman. Uh, I believe this is this would be Yossi's first time winning. Kale McCarr, obviously, his first time winning as a very young player in the league. Hedman already has at least one. Uh, I, I should have done a little more research. That's on me, bad hosting. But um, all no, three you got it. You got it all except you got it all except Yossi won it two years ago. Oh, he did win it already. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, Yossi, but he kind of had the season. He kind of came from out of nowhere, right? Uh, he he's obviously had a phenomenal season, but the first half, I think, he was going overlooked, and I think the second half of the season, people yeah. started to like realize, "Holy shit, this guy has a chance at 100 points," uh, and he got damn close. And he's the guy there in Nashville. He just pretty much everything runs through him, and he learned from some of the greats and with the Webbers and the and the Ryan Suiters, and now he's become the guy there. And yeah. uh, that's awesome to see. Rupper, any any take or any idea on who you think takes it home this year? I, I think my pick would be Roman Yossi and what he did. I mean, that guy for a while there, He, I mean, if you extended the MVP vote out to 10 just to put some candidates out there, that guy's got to be in that. And like He's been that incredible to Nashville. But here's the problem I kind of have with the system, and, and I'm not a voter for it, so um, you know I can complain about it, I guess. Uh, but who is like, just writers? Is it hockey writers? Um, yeah, it's uh, – what is it? The – the PW, the Professional Writers Professional Hockey Writers Yeah, Hockey Writers yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so I think they vote on it. And these guys, you know, like, these guys do, good, do, do a good job and work at it. But here, here's my thing. It's like, you know how when you're watching fucking movies and TV shows and things are done in court and they tell the judge, like, to disregard that? Like, you, I can't disagree. I just heard it. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, so my point is, like. Strike that. Was, rule yeah, that out. Objection. Yes, yeah. Yes. This is Strike supposed it. to be a, this is a regular season award. How do we not take into account that Kale McCarr is leading the playoffs in points right now? Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean? So for like Roman Absolute Yossi, stud. yeah, like Roman Yossi's playing in that first round against Colorado. They get swept. I mean, it was it, Kale McCarr showed up Roman Yossi in a big way because his team's unbelievable. And it doesn't mean Roman Yossi wasn't, wasn't great or whatever. But I just, I don't know. I just find it, it would be hard not to vote. Like, oh, I'm going to pretend that this part didn't happen. I don't know. That's hard. You know, if well, so, uh, is the I, voting already done? And is that why I don't think so? The finalists, I think, or I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. Actually, you know, 
but it, it put it this way: the voting was. I'm pretty sure the voting was not done like before the playoffs. So we have seen some of the yeah, playoffs see, if, before if the if voting happens. If that's the case, they should absolutely uh, have the voting done and completed before the playoffs start. Because you're right; it's impossible to not be swayed at least a little bit by uh, yeah. a particular playoff. Because because I, I would give it to Roman Yossi, but what we're seeing right now, how can you argue, Kale McCarr? I mean, he's doing he's yeah. doing things right now, and and I know it's based off the regular season. If you take, have you seen his his numbers and his playoff game? Like he's no one's. He, this is the first guy that's doing the stuff he's doing as far as points what is it points per game in the playoffs or points per 60 or whatever it is since bobby Orr, like dude we're talking a long time ago man he's been he's been the best player in the playoffs so far doesn't hurt that he plays for the best team with the best odds to win the stanley cup either but he's absolutely impressive he flies around he's at both ends of the ice he's like he's like playing center but he's playing d-man it's it's really impressive to see shades of paul coffee ray bork bobby Orr, whatever great offensive and two-way defenseman you want to throw out there he's got the skill and the speed to stack up with any of them uh another one you mentioned that uh if the voting were to get carry long into the playoffs might get swayed a little bit the vesna which is the gms the gms of each team vote on the best goaltender for the regular season and three Candidates were Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames, who's obviously Gumpy knows pretty well at this point. Has had a great playoff. He's been sensational against Texas hockey. UC Saros in Nashville, unfortunately, got hurt. Uh, didn't see any playoff action. And then Igor, everybody's uh, favorite. Igor Shosturkin is uh, where's uh, where's Louis Domingue on there? <laughs> Again, you know, Gumpy, it's a regular season it's, award. Oh, uh, Louis, regular, I think just I think, right. Okay, hey, it's not playoffs. Louis, uh, Louis played one Louis, or two Louis will be up for that. Games. There's a con smite. The con smite will be Louis. Give him the fucking golden glove, dude. Like the MLB. Christ. Flash the leather yeah, son. I think this one, everyone has pretty much decided it's a runaway Igor Shosturkin because of the incredible regular season he's had. And you yeah. saw, you kind of saw this is the Rangers, the way they've been playing lately is the way they played for the first half of the season, kind of this run and gun style. And, uh, they would leave him and hang him out to dry quite a lot, and he always answered the bell. And yeah. uh, down the stretch, it, it became less and less frequent that he was answering the bell. And then in the playoffs here, um, it's it's kind of been a whole new beast for him. But this is his first real crack at the playoffs, yeah. right? This is his yeah. first exposure yeah. to playoff hockey. So uh, it's kind of – it's almost a little bit understandable. You know, like you look at like Lundqvist, he didn't fare well in his very first playoff run. Flurry didn't fare well in his very first playoff run. Uh, I'm not sure how Marty Brodeur did, but, uh, you know, uh, pretty good, I suppose. But it's not for everyone. Not every great goaltender is immediately good in their first playoff or even their second playoff series. Sometimes it takes time. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, I, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, they, this, it's not, on, this is not on Shesterkin in the playoffs here. So, I mean, he's got to learn. He's got a learning process. Whatever happens here with this Rangers team, so it's uh, everyone's got to got to kind of you know you got to grow from it, and get better. Um, but he he's still the best goalie this year, and, and uh, over over those guys. I mean, Markstrom had the shutouts. That's a category he controlled, um, but he had some a little bit of a drop off in the second half. Yeah, uh, UC Saros, uh, he was awesome, um, but he kind of had a little bit of a drop off. I just feel like Igor Shosturkin. Quite frankly, he had a little bit of a drop-off down the stretch as well, just as far as what his numbers were at the beginning. But he was so out of this world early on. Like, the, this Rangers team should not have been anywhere sniffing the playoffs if it wasn't for Igor. 
And it's crazy. And then they all, hey, they almost won the division. They went on such yeah. a tear, and he helped them out so much that they almost ended up winning the Ooh. division. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I know, I think Rangers fans are pretty distraught with what's been happening in this series and the way, uh, the way it's gone so far compared to the regular season. But you know, you got pieces, and you still have a ton of cap room, and you got a you got a lot of good young pieces to build around. And uh, hey, look, it's only two nothing. There's still a lot of time left in this game. I sound like I'm eulogizing them already, uh, but I would like to see a little step on the throat here from the Guinos, obviously. But uh, the Rangers, the Rangers are are looking very prom- The future is very very bright for New York. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. This team's gonna dumps for early season Stanley Cup favorites. Man, jump on these guys in the next couple of years. Uh, you might want to plug yours if you're a Pens fan, but this team's going to be like they're loaded and they're just going to be getting better and better. So um, I, they're, they're following that mold, I think, of Colorado. But yeah, I think the tough part is I don't know if the Rangers in have New like York. A, yeah. yeah, they're not like an eighth. They don't have like an eighth of a Canada yet. Wait, so. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of casuals that don't realize the Rangers are uh, ahead ahead of their time a little bit here. They, oh yeah, uh, they're going to be very. I know, very I know, they don't want to hear it, but they're they're. If you put them where they were this year at the end of the season, a lot of Rangers fans would have been ecstatic with where they yeah. were. Yeah. For yeah, sure. they had a total total rebuild, and they uh, they were supposed to be competing for the playoffs this year, and then, like you said, like they almost won the division. Uh, Ruffy, one more award here: uh, the Caller of the Rookie of the Year. This one might be the most highly contested and uh, hotly debated here. We talked about Mo Sider earlier from the Red Wings. He's up for it. phenomenal, physical young defenseman. He's a beast. Can. And, give you some offense to Trevor Zegras, who we've talked about all year on this show with the highlight real goals, doing the Michigan, doing the flip to the front of the net, uh, just on the highlight reel, had the big all-star weekend skills competition show out of the, for the ducks. And then uh, Michael Bunting for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who is not quite a rookie in the traditional sense, but does technically qualify. Uh, hey, who's that? Term, Do you guys remember? In terms of games played, you guys remember? You guys remember? Uh, was it? Was it Brandon Whedon? Brandon Whedon? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the quarterback for the Browns. Browns. He was, Browns. The Browns Middle drafted him. Cowboys. I, I yeah. feel like he was. Wasn't he like a twenty-eight-year-old or twenty-nine-year-old rookie or something? Like some weird ass thing. I think yeah. twenty-eight. He was old. Yeah. Oh, we lost you. Oh no, Rangers just scored. Fuck. See, I there. I, I shouldn't have been eulogizing already. That's. Oh no. Am I still muted? Nope, you're back. No, you're now. good. No, we got a game. How do you, we got a fucking this, game, Rupper. What, what happened? Rangers just scored. Oh, Adam Fox. I'm Come way behind on. you guys. Okay, here we go. Fox for the point walks it down. Fake shot. Oh, what a snipe. His offensive Deming. skills are ridiculous. Come on, lads. Louie with the glove hand again. Got to get that glove up, Louie. Keep it up. I mean, uh, he's blind. He's oh, got no shot. Good, he's got no shot. Angle. He's got no shot. Hit like Ooh. three bodies. That's not he likes Louis. dropping that glove. Louie? You know they always yeah, say, hey, they always say like to the shooter by the goalie's ears, right? Because like yeah. you think of like the big bulky pads, right? So – if you shoot it by his ears, like he obviously, you know, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist used to always use his head, but it's it's hard to cover here. Like with your gear, think of like yep. uh, 
<laughs> think of like some big jacked mutant that's trying to just pull his <laughs> you, ever, you ever see you got a jack buddy who you try to tell them to touch their fucking ears and they can't because their biceps are so big that's what it's like in goalie gear so like they can't cover right here so that's a shot yeah. like if you can if you put it by the ears you got a good shot of, of, of it going in it was a bomb. Got to weather the storm here. Get out of the second, still in the lead. Yeah, here, I don't have the sound have on, but to. it looks like the crowd has come to life there in New York. It looks oh, like yeah. MSG has come oh, to life. Oh, big save, Deming. Big save, oh, the, Deming. The, the, the kid line, or no, that's not the kid line because it was on Zibanejad, but uh, Lafreniere. Hey, this Lafreniere has been good too. He's yeah, he's, good. Ranges, uh, he scores all his goals in five on five, him. right? That's the thing about yeah. him. That's the thing that everyone's saying. Like he's He was the number one overall pick. Uh, draft lottery situation we talked about where the Rangers – did not necessarily have the best odds to be number one, but uh, found themselves up there in that way. Yeah. And Detroit they take did. Lafreniere, and uh, <laughs> he's been he's been good, but I think he's been a little slower to progress than a lot of fans yeah. would have liked. But um, he's been having a lot of success at five on five, which is what you want to see. Like a lot of guys, a lot of guys can score in the power play. Sure, I mean you're up a man. It's it's you're expected to score. If you're scoring a five oh, on five. No. then you're in good shape. Uh, oh, Lafreniere. His ears are burning. Oh, see, we were talking him up, and there you go. Oh, wow. no. That's now the kid line that scored. Taco, Needle, and Laugh. Okay, oh, no letdowns. No. It's not over till it's over, and a team's eliminated. So this is, let me, this is let what me, we were talking about. Let me uh, cap all the young guy talk real quick. Lafreniere, beautiful goal. He's been awesome. This has been a huge step for him. It's going to take him a little while, but I like how the Rangers have had a really good team. Where they can work him in, he's learning. Like he plays physical, he finishes his hits. He's good defensively. He competes on the ice. He's not thrown into a shitty ass team where he's got to play eighteen minutes a night and get yep. absolutely turnstiled every night. You know, like he's kind of eased in, and like we're seeing the benefits now. I think in the playoffs. But anyways, um, you mentioned Shane right before. Yeah, two way guy. That's all I know about him. Is like he's not a world class. He's not a He's not like a once-in-a-lifetime guy. I think we always think that, oh, is this guy going to be like Sid or, or Connor? No, it's he's not going to be like that, but a Patrice Bergeron-esque type. But then um, as far as the rookie of the year, yeah, Michael Bunting is uh, – I got sidetracked with the Brandon Whedon. Same thing. He's like 26. I think he's 26. And I, I don't know. I mean, it is the rules. So if you're going off that, I don't know if you're taking that into account that he's 26 years old um, and Mo Sider is 19. Or um, you know, Trevor Zegers is nineteen. Like I, I would have to think that that should kind of come into play. But also, does it hurt my, Michael Bunting that he's playing with with Austin Matthews, who had sixty goals, Mitch Marner, who is uh, in a the, probably the extended MVP race if you brought it out to like fifteen. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your guys' feelings. I mean, he's still got to perform. He's not going to be yeah. playing with them if he's not. So I don't want to discredit him. I think Mo Sider should win it, though. Big defenseman. He played like a man this year as a young kid. Oh, no. Jacob Truba. Things are turning south real quick here, fellas. But, see, this is a, oh, no. a situation where the Pens have usually dominated the second period. You talk shit about Jacob Truba before, and now it's coming. They're watching. <laughs> yeah, but I complimented Lafreniere, and he scored. Yeah. So what's that about? Hey, I, I, Wake the fuck up, I, lads. If, I, if I'm just going to be frank, and it doesn't matter because um, I'm not right all the time on this, I did call 5-2 Rangers in this one. Just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, saying, Robert, a lot of people geez. are saying, you know, the, the I didn't know, I didn't know you as all serious. 
it, it has been Guino's all series, but this will be interesting how this goes. I just love it. I will root every series, everything for seven games. That's all I care about is seeing seven all games. All-time game. Series. Let's fucking go. What a game. What I'm so fucking far game. behind. I hate this. It's his banana land. Absolute Oh, my spike. gosh. <laughs> Who was it? Ken Scansel is a fucking legend. This dude. man is a playoff machine. This game is bananas. I'm still watching replays of the Trubacle. He literally just shot Chris Kreider's stick out of Kreider's hands as the goal happens, too. Shesterkin plays the puck. Bad exchange there. Uh, Hey, fucking Malkin is dealing, dude. Igor, what are you doing, lad? Look at the replay. There's a a blow-up of Justin Braun and Chris Kreider's sticks. Both go flying because Jake Gensel's shooting this bitch so hard. When you see the replay, dude, two sticks just go everywhere. Another another dish from Melkin, dude. Hey, wow. have you have you seen a guy the size and stature of Gensel be so strong on his stick? He's he's just he's he's courageous, man. What is he? He probably weighs a buck sixty-five, a buck seventy. Like he's a thin. He looks frail like frail fella. He looks like oh, um. Geez. I've always thought he kind of looks like Happy Gilmer's caddy. Remember the kid? Who, like, yeah, he's bag? got a Will Zalatoris vibe going on. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and he goes, "Where are you going with the? Where are you going with the clubs?" He's like, "Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy. That's Jake Gensel." And so, <laughs> where, were, hey, where, where, where were you on that one? Where yeah. were you on that one, dipshit? <laughs> <laughs> but there, but like, he is not supposed to be able to play in high traffic areas with his size. He's supposed to get. You know, injured doing that, and obviously Jake has been injured in his career, but he's fearless, dude. This kid, like he is fearless, goes to those hard areas. He has a great mind for the game, but his clutchness—if you remember, remember when he broke in, he was like literally like a Claude Lemieux, like just a playoff performer. Like his yes. regular season numbers were okay, but his playoff numbers were like through the roof. And then, the, and then it was like finally he maybe two years ago. I, maybe it's more than that. It was, two, it's, been the, it's been the last three playoff runs, and no coincidence, the Penguins have gone out in the second but, round, first round, first round, and Gensel yes, hasn't been. His, his playoffs, yeah, but his regular season finally started to become like extravagant yes. too, right? So now it's like and, the guy just, I mean, so this is this is now, he has two in this one, right? Yep. So he has seven goals in five games in the series. He scored a goal in every, at least a goal in every game. That's there you nuts. go. up on the broadcast. Fifty-six games in the playoffs, thirty-three goals. I mean, that's like that's like Ovi. Ovechkin like Ovi. has thirty-one in sixty-two. There you go. Since twenty seventeen, since twenty seventeen. Of course, oh, I think Ovi has like uh, I forget. I saw the the playoff goal total the other day. It was pretty impressive, but uh, that's crazy. We're winding down here. The second period is about coming to an end here. A wild three-three uh, oh, Capitals elimination game in MSG. What's going on with the Caps, Gumpy? Real quick, two nothing. The Caps. Holy fuck! Panthers. Weeksy's right got now. that. Weeksy's got that game too. He's uh he, he oh, man. I thought it was going to be different. I thought that like I don't know how much time they got. So they too, but are they done with two periods yet? They're in the second. They just started. They're five minutes into the second, Rops. Oh, hey. yeah. They started at 730. That's right. Yeah. Uh, let's bring in Patty here. Pat's waiting to jump in here. Pat, how you doing, brother? What's up? Enjoying this game so far? Well, Madhouse. I mean, King Domingue needs to you know, tighten it up <laughs> a little bit. Huh? One post to the other, pal. 
Yeah. Okay. How about a uh, good little back and forth, though? Good little back and forth. We got Gumpy going. Hey, Gensylvania is real. It's we were just talking right? up, Jake, about what a study is. Fail, 10 fail. goals? How many goals did they say? When? In the playoffs now? Yeah. 33 goals in Seven. 56. Yeah, 30, 33 in his last 56 games. Bro, That's more, than, more than Ovi. Imagine him, because he's got Sid on his line, too. And I guess Gino just fed him there. But him having Sid on his line, too. Like, in the playoffs, Sid picks his game up. Gensel also picks his game up in the playoffs. Like, this yeah. is... That's a good match, right, Rupert? Like you and that tie. You and that tie. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, th- th- but that's the thing that pisses me off, though, man, is that, like, people people outside of Pittsburgh, Jake never gets enough love because they're always saying, well, it's because he plays with Sid. But, like, no, man. Like, this guy can carry his own weight, too. You know? I don't know. I'm assuming he could have got more money to go elsewhere. Yeah, he's a, he's a steal. What is he, like, six? Six yeah. times six? Yeah. Six million. Yeah, and I think the reason why, though, I was remember thinking about this, like, Gens wants to make the decision, like, do I stay on Sydney's line, yeah. right, and my legacy will be something much different, or do I go get paid probably more elsewhere? And I'm very thankful that he decided to stay and be on Sid's line, but God damn. Yeah. No, well, you see guys like that. You know who is like that is uh, Anson, Anson Carter. When he was in Washington. Bro, I called this earlier. Plus 240 to win that fucking series, tied 2-2. Two, two. They got all the, Is Ovechkin there? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, TJ Oshi, one of your guys, Patty, just scored a just an absolute snipe. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I didn't Panthers watch the regular. Dead, hey, I didn't watch regular season where the Panthers like unbelievable this season. I mean, I guess I didn't watch it at all. They they flew, offensive. they flew, but yeah, it was like they hung their goalie out to dry. Like it was there was a real question if they could play playoff hockey, and we're seeing it's yeah, not happening. They put right up now. a shit ton of points, but they weren't like they weren't good defensively. Hey, you, Rob, what's going on? Did you just got. Now, this is like normally when I ask somebody, they go, oh, yeah, I had a funeral today, you know. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but are you? <laughs> no, I'm, I got the uh, post game coming up. So I'm in Pittsburgh. So I did pregame and then I'm waiting um, and got post game. Hey, thanks for doing this. No, it's good, man. It's all good. We got the games on. And uh, what should we what should we talk about post game? I mean, this is the this is the tricky part, right? Like Jake fucking I, 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 I go yeah. I go. I usually during the second intermission, I usually go with edit. We start pulling some video, putting all the little bells and whistles on it. And then it's like, then the fucking game plan just flops. And then it's like, that's not even a story anymore. So I don't know which way. Yeah, probably hey, here's Jake. one. This is going to be one regardless. You just said it. Jake Gensel not getting enough credit. Like, you can break down some shit about Gensel raising his game in the playoffs as well. It looks like he picks his shit up in the playoffs, personally, in my eyes. Yeah. I don't know. No, no yeah. It's coming from a guy that doesn't watch any of the regular season. We just we just talked about it, how the first yeah, couple of runs he kind of came from out of nowhere to play with yeah. play with Sid and light it up. And then the past two or three years, his playoff numbers haven't been that good. But you could also say, hey, maybe that's the reason the Penguins were first round exits because their big guns weren't fired. And then here we go. He's back now and they look like a completely different team. Um how about Tanger? Hey, let's go, Tanger. Yeah. That man, there's a man that's gonna get paid this offseason by somebody. Oh yeah. Oh, is he again? Yeah, Montreal. He's going to get a big. He's going to get a big deal. The uh, the internet in general, Pat. No, you're good. The internet in general tonight has been rather suspect as we've been battling here. Um, Tanger, didn't Elon Tanger buy it? What? What's that? Oh, Elon. <laughs> yeah, we need some Starlink over here. We could spread <laughs> a little bit of that around. That'd be nice. 
Uh, Tanger's what going to be 35 years old as a right-handed shot defenseman, a highly coveted position, could run a power play. Although people in Pittsburgh will tell you they have their questions about that, but he is known to put up points in the power play. And uh, his former agent Pat is now the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, who cute. are in need of a French Canadian uh, player. Uh, they always love him up there. So the thought is that Latang will get quite a hefty sum from Montreal potentially. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be That's tough good. to keep him. It's gonna be tough to keep Did him. You see how uh, he looks walking on that plane too? Oh yeah. Banger? Those photos, yeah. the penguins posted the photos. He looks he's a model, he's very good, and he speaks French, right? I mean that's like his thing. Yeah. Yeah. He I'm uh I'm out of here. You're you're frozen? frozen. Am I frozen or are you guys frozen? Nope. I haven't seen any frozen. I haven't, at seen, all. It. I haven't seen anybody frozen. Bro, the screen just freezes. Everything freezes. I'm talking to just a bunch of blank faces. Yeah, no, it's been good. Uh, you haven't, you haven't gone on the honest. screen at all. Uh, Rupert, can you. Damn it. It's got me in a fucking pretzel. Pat Pat just discovered uh, the atmosphere in Carolina and the 20,000 oh, screaming yeah. Caniacs going Big wild nuts. in there. And we yeah. saw, obviously, the traitorous moment where Bill Cower was ringing the, uh, the hurricane siren before uh, the game in the 2009 Cup run for the Penguins. He was ringing it for Carolina. But I was thinking if you could kind of talk to Pat and tell him a little bit about and tell some of the fans about the atmosphere in Carolina because I don't think a lot of people know. Oh, it's they, treat, they treat hockey games like it's a NASCAR race. They'll tailgate all yeah. day for that thing. They go in there, they're loud and they're proud and they're fired up. Oh, it's it's great. They got – um. so they're, where, the, where the arena is, it's right off like the NC State – um football fields like same parking lot it's almost like a mini version much better than remember how the meadowlands were where you know i mean i guess it still is but that's where when i played for the devils we were at the meadowlands and they had a giant stadium and you had everything right there right and it was just kind of like nothing around except parking lots connecting all of them like kind of the same thing that's in philly but it's a nicer area down in carolina you got some greens around you whatever and you're out there and it's like people tailgating all day barbecuing nice weather and the, the building's like an older building so it's loud as fucking like people screaming and uh yeah. it's it's an atmosphere dude down there in carolina those caniacs they're nuts they're absolutely nuts so uh i didn't know it, they were um near nc state i thought they were in charlotte they're not in charlotte right uh, it, it's not even in Raleigh, though. It's like out. I mean, it is Raleigh, but it's not like down. You know what I mean? It's like out in the outskirts, but it's cool, like where it's at, because that's why everyone goes out there tailgate. You just have everything's just right there. You don't. There's you can't like walk across the street to a bar. Like you just bring the bar to the parking lot. It's a is blast. that what Biz was talking about with Arizona State? Almost like they're trying to build it near Arizona State out there, so it could be a good time to save the Coyotes because how big Phoenix is. Uh, yeah, yeah. They want to. I mean, that's the area they want the new arena. So they're figuring like they could bring it in in to have this like you know very intimate setting where it's like fucking crazy loud. Maybe. Five thousand seats. Yeah, but maybe maybe you do. You, you know what's you know what's nuts? I played in I played in Europe. I played in Europe before and um like with the Rangers in preseason. And I don't know how it is, Gumpy. You would know better for like soccer, but. In hockey, this is so weird because we've never seen this in hockey. Over in Europe, we were playing in um, in Switzerland, and around the the you know you got your oval, the ice, right around the first row were along the glass. They would have standing room only for the first two rows, so they just have a bar between the two, and it That's was like awesome. it would basically be like the young crowd, and it would be like 
just the, the, the absolute booze bags that are down there. And they're loud. Honestly, dude, we played in this building. There's probably like four or 5,000 people. It was one of the loudest buildings I ever played in because it's like a smaller building, lower ceiling. And having like the chaos right around the glass oh, changes the entire atmosphere. That's what they. That's what I would love to. I would love for the NHL to do. But those are the those are the big pricey tickets, right? So those are the uh, those are the you know business uh, the business class people that are going down there and are spending all the money. But I love getting squeezing. Yeah, man, put them up. Make it a little nicer for them. Get them up and get the rabbits down there because that's what uh, Arizona's. That, that's what I think they're hoping for. Just go there. I mean, it's obviously not an ideal situation. Like, fuck, you kidding me? <laughs> but like. Um, you know, but I think it, I think it's got the ability because right around that area, it's 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 all the bars, the nightlife, the young crowd. So I think they're thinking like, "Hey, boys, let's go check out this shit show." You know? Hey, I heard you fought Biz. What's that all about? You guys had to do it for each other's team. Was it a moment? Was you no? He out? came. He came at me. I was like, "So here's the deal." I I came into Pittsburgh. I signed with Pittsburgh from New Jersey. And Biz was already um, – Biz was in Pittsburgh already, like in the in the farm club, and he played some games the year before. So I come to training camp with the Penguins, and I walk in, and I just – I know who Biz is from watching, like, his fight tapes and stuff because you always know, like, different guys that you might have to fight. But I'm coming in there super nice, man. Like, he was awesome. And he, he broke the – he was, like, one of those guys that broke the ice because in all reality, like, Biz was on a two-way contract where he could get sent down to the Biners. I was on a one-way contract. <clears throat> excuse me, where I, I, I couldn't. I had one salary, so the writing is kind of on the wall. That like, it doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen, but that I was going to be in Pittsburgh and he wasn't. So he was like, just to kind of break the ice because you got two guys that are kind of competing for the same spot, and he was just like, oh, uh, you know. Oh, rapper, what's up, buddy? So glad to see you that you're taking my job. You know, just kind of <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, nice to meet you, man. It's awesome. You're gonna take my job in camp or whatever. I'm like, oh, don't say that, man. Like, we both be here. We'll help each other out. You know, we'll both, you know, whatever. But he was awesome, and he actually got a great opportunity to get traded to out uh, of camp. Then he got traded to Arizona, and uh, the rest is history. Like, he's done an amazing job with everything. But um, I love this. I love him. He's uh, he. He's, you know, you have to be intense when you're on the ice getting ready to fight guys. And I remember I was in towards the end of my career playing in Minnesota and we were playing or playing for Minnesota. We were in Arizona and he just wanted to get his team going. And uh, the camera doesn't really show the angle when you watch the fight, but like literally he just came flying at me and threw the gloves down. Like I had no choice but to like <laughs> drop my gloves and protect myself. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I, I hated fighting guys that I, that I liked and was friends with. And I wasn't like, you know, Biz and I weren't like tight, but we, we, you know, we liked each other. And, uh, so no, we always, he always laughs about it. Um, you know, he's You're just uh, that big fucking hawks out there. Though, huh? <laughs> I got, I got a, I got a funny one for you. We're actually Jake Caulfield and I were just talking about it because, um, Caulfield. the Rangers, <laughs> the Rangers head coach, Gerard Gallant said the team was soft after last game. And that, and you know, that's like the worst thing a coach can ever say about the team. And, uh, so, so I'm, yeah, so and so that goes back to Michelle Terrian, who used to coach the the Penguins, and with his French accent said uh, he didn't say soft with a T. He said soft. His team so soft. I and really like think this, this I group really, of defensemen trying to be the softest in the league, just so soft, softest, so soft. <laughs> he just went, you got to look him up. He's like this. He goes this. This might be most soft I ever ever seen. And like so, anyways. <laughs> 
this went on. So this is 2005. It was Sid's first year, maybe. And this is when the Penguins were really bad. And I was in Columbus, and we were really bad. And we were both bad teams. And we were spanking the Penguins like 7-1. to one. I don't know how. Our team was terrible. And Ryan Malone was on the other team. And I, I heard this story. I knew what happened, obviously, in that moment. But then I heard about it later on. So I knew Ryan Malone, Bugsy, um, <clears throat> skating up in Minnesota in camps and stuff, uh, getting ready to play pro hockey. And I love Bugsy. Awesome, awesome dude. I knew his dad. His dad was a, was a scout. And uh, so we ended up uh, – uh, I guess – I'll tell you what happened in the situation, and then I'll tell you the story was told to me. I would go out third period. We're spanking the shit out of them. I'm going to take a face off as a centerman. He comes in, take the draw as a centerman. He goes – Rupper, we got to go. And I go, Bugsy, I'm not fighting you. It's 7-1. Like, come on. Like, we're, we're like we were buddies. I'm like, buddy, well, no. And he goes, I need this. I'm telling you, I need this. Can you please fight me? And he's like, come on. Do this for me. I'm like, fine, fuck. So they drop the puck. They drop the puck, and I take the draw, and I, like, win the draw, like, just to, like, you know, get my little point, like, my percentage up. And I win the draw. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like – he didn't like drop the gloves, square up and fight. Like he, he bull rushed me and I'm like, holy shit. So like I dropped my gloves, I'm backing up and he's like running at me with his hands out like this, getting ready to grab me. So I just react. I'm just like, boom, just threw like a left jab and just caught him. I caught him and just like, oh. he had like, he had like a backwards, he had a backwards <laughs> C all the way around his eye. He had to get oh, no, so no. he came in. So the trainer after the game calls me and he goes, Hey, did you, did you knew that guy? You're friends with that Malone? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, he wanted me to tell you. He, or he goes, uh, you, he, he got, he, his eye was fucked up. And I'm like, oh, don't tell me that. And I'm like, what, what, is, what is he doing? And, and I'm like, did he say anything? I'm like, yeah, he told me to tell you that you're a fucking dick. <laughs> so, so we ended up, I talked to Bugsy a couple times after that and we laughed about it. But anyway, so what I find that ends up happening is when I come to Pittsburgh, one of the first things Sid says to me is like, do you remember that fight you had with Bugsy back in like whenever? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, do you ever know, like, the side of it from our standpoint? I go, no. And he goes, uh, you know, Michelle Tarion was telling us all that how soft we are. And I guess he was in the locker room. And in between the second, third period in Columbus, he's like, I heard this from Bugsy and Sid, that he was in the locker room. And he's like, this is the softest fucking team I've ever seen in my life. He goes, and, you know, Ryan Malone has, like, tattoos, like, from his wrist all the way up across his chest and whatever. Like, this all big sleeve. And he's like, you guys go get these fucking tattoos and are so tough. You fucking pussies. You pussies. He's just, he's calling these guys out. So I think, so, so I guess. So you punch him in the fucking eye. (laughs) You fucking one punch him. So Bugsy, Bugsy, Bugsy was telling me this because I was golfing with him a couple years ago in Pittsburgh. And he's like, dude, so he's sitting there telling me this. And he's like. He's like, I'm looking down. He's like, I'm the only guy with the fucking tattoos all over me. So I know he's talking about me. And he's like, fuck this. And he said he went out and he's like, I had to fight someone. And you, I was lined up against you. And I'm like, dude, I didn't want to fight you. Like, I don't know. But it was kind of, you know, it was fucking Ryan Malone. such a beauty. But yeah. So anyways, that was the, the soft, the soft hey, comment. Hey, Bugsy was fucking like, this guy's taking a personal shot at me. I need to make up for this. And then. It's ragdolled by the rubber. I mean, that's a. But honestly, if he would have, if he would have just, if he would have just come in and fought me normal, I wouldn't have. We listen. It doesn't. Fights are real. They're really real. But there's times where you fight a friend, and it's like I'm not going to try to like knock you out. Like we can still give each other shots a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But like I, 
I didn't know what to do. I just threw a jab and he was flying at me and it hit him and he dropped and he went down. I'm like, oh, fuck. How tall are you? Six, five. So you're a big son of a bitch out there, right? I mean, you're a big guy, lumber, ox. Just I had a long reach, so I didn't vanish. I wasn't like, there's a lot more <laughs> yeah, tougher guys than me. There's a lot more tougher guys that can fight that were smaller, but you know, I had an advantage because I was so much bigger. Quick update, some good news and some bad news. Good news, the Florida Panthers have scored. It's now 3-1. to one. The bad news, uh, didn't notice oh, this no. at the time, but seeing it now, uh, Sid Crosby did not play the final six minutes of the second period. He wasn't on the bench during all the goal scoring that was exchanged. There was a situation. They just ran the replay on ESPN. Uh, Truba caught him with a body check in the slot. Looked a little high to me, not going to lie. Kick uh, him off I- the fucking tour. But I didn't see enough replay of it to, to determine anything. But it looks like Sid's. Uh, we'll see if he comes out to start the third. That could be problematic. Yeah, you know. Yes, I'd say problematic. The best player on earth is the playoffs. 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 <laughs> so as you serious? mentioned, Rupper, as you so eloquently mentioned earlier, uh, your post game report might be slightly a little bit different, altered, a little more, yeah. a little more worrisome now. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Fuck. I, I gotta know, get man. off. I'll see you. Well, thanks for joining us, brother. Yeah, no, it's all good. I just saw it right here. No, it's not Friends all will good. They'll pull it out. They'll pull it out. It's not all Listen. Hey, Sid's we got tough, Jake. Right? We still got Jake. And we got Domingue. We got big, Domingue ain't big letting for. We got, we got Domingue ain't letting for it. No. We ain't winning that fucking cup that's on my screen right now without Sidney Crosby. You hear me? I fucking yeah, he'll be back. He'll this be fucking back. team, they're about to get Jari back. They're about to get Raquel back. And then shit, it just never ends. It never Doesn't. ends. It's one after another. But, hey, I actually got a scoot, too. I got to go get this edit done. So. All right. Well, on that note, we'll probably I mean, just fucking fuck call it a night. Hey, Jesus dude. Christ, boys. Can't end like this. It can't Our pet's head like falling off. <laughs> Oh, on, here we go. Lad. Start of the third. Start uh, of looking the at third. It, again. It, it looks like shoulder to shoulder. Truba's elbow's up high. I don't think it was dirty. Yeah, I'm seeing What's it What's right fucking now. Ferraro? What's Ferraro saying? Ooh. I don't know. You tell me what you think. I didn't think – I don't think it's super dirty. I don't love that his elbow's no, up I, high. No, I, I don't think it's – I don't think it's – I don't think it's dirty. I think it's – um. I'm just concerned with him with his head. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the Gino uh, Gino's out there with Rust and Jake, so no Sid yet. Jesus. Here we go. Buckle up. Come on, lads. Fuck me. All right, boys. Well, right, Rupper's got to go. We'll bounce out of here, too. Let's go enjoy the third period of both of these games and then get ready for some Texas hockey later tonight. Texas hockey. Peace uh, and peace. Yeah. Hopefully Sid's okay. I mean, we don't, yes. maybe don't give up 60 shots tonight, lads, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thought. did you – wait, real quick, before we, be, real quick before we go, go off. I can't even speak right now. I have to go on TV later. It's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> the uh, did, you, did you guys read all that stuff with Luch before last game? No, Sorry. I missed it. The opening draw. Oh, it's the best. I love it. I love this kind of shit. I wish Pat was still here to hear it. So you remember when when um, Jamie Ben post game yeah. of three game three was yeah. saying about Matthew Kachuk, like uh, you know, basically I asked him, you know, he what, what do you you know what about Matthew Kachuk not accepting your fight offer to fight? And he goes, you know, he's a, he's a smart guy. He's a smart kid. Like whatever. Well. 
that didn't sit well with Milan Lucic. Milan Lucic, to start the game last game, Jamie Benz taking a draw. Lucic, who's a winger, never even plays center, never jumps in there to take draws, says, I got this one. Moves the centerman, comes in, takes a draw. I don't know what he said, paraphrasing, but it was probably like, well, see if you're smart. Are you going to take this fight or like just challenging Jamie Benn? And I, and from everything that I heard about it, just set the fucking tone. And that's what made this, uh, this Calgary team just kind of bounce in that last game. But I mean, I, I know Ben, shit. I know Ben likes to play that way, but Jesus Christ, we need fucking points, pal. We need, <laughs> what if, I know that's true, but if, I if mean, Benner, come on, Benner's, Benner's tough as nails. Benner's top is oh, yeah. What, what if he would have dropped the gloves and beat up Luch? What would that have done for oh, Dallas? Exactly. That's probably not a good trade off. That's what Victoria, BC boys do. They're tough like that, roughly. <laughs> hey, Ranger, <laughs> Rangers, Rangers PP right now. Let's see what happens. Uh, Florida, Florida just scored two, three, two caps now. Seven minutes left in the second. Panthers might be back. Hey, these games are starting to tighten up at least, uh, maybe not goal scoring wise, but at least uh, in proximity of the goals in terms of they're not Stars, so blowouts anymore. They're, they're keeping them close now. Yeah. They're shooting right at Deming's head. He just saved one with his head, I think. There we go. Shades of Hank Lundquist. Um, oh, Stars oh. got to score first tonight. Have to. Have they to do. score first. They do. We can't go down. But I don't, I don't get how it changed so much. We looked so good on Saturday night. Yeah, just absolutely terrible. I mean, Cal Calgary was playing better though. Yeah, they, they got a, they got Dallas has to start scoring some goals, man. That seems rather important. Markstrom has been playing. Markstrom made a save on Sagan when it was zero zero. Yeah, that was sick. That was that that could have been it. So, all right, well, I got to jump. See you guys. All right, all right, rapper. Good luck out there, boss. Pal, what do you say? I say we jump out of here too. Let's go enjoy these third periods. Uh, appreciate Rupert jumping on with us while being down there at the AT&T uh, Root Fox Sports, whatever it is now, whatever it used to be, 17 Root. different networks. Root, Root Sports. <laughs> Root. Uh, uh, and uh, Pat, of course, is jumping on with us too. Uh, oh, what? no. What? Oh, no. Oh, we got another... Uh, I just saw it. Frankie, is that? No, it's not Frankie V. Thank God. He's a penguin killer. He was out there, though. Was that Cheadle? Fuck. Yep. Tough. Tough. Tough to happen here with Sid down, too. And, and, oh, boy, you just, you know, it could be a turning point in the series, Gump. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of game left here, Paul. A lot of game left. Short side, Louie. Louie. Louie, Louie, Louie. I mean, that is tough. That is roofed. All right. Jeez, that's tough. That's tough, Ben. Right in the middle of the sign-off, too. I was about to sign off and get out of here. Yeah, should have just let it go. Shouldn't have said nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Malkin was fucking flying. Oh, no. Malkin was flying. He flew right into Gensel. Oh, no. Three on one. Oh, flash the leather to me. Oh, what a fucking save. Oh, no. Hey, That's a big save. Fla- That's a big save, lad. If Louis, if anything touches Louis's glove, he's fucking throwing that thing in the air like he is unbelievable. 
That's a big save. The boys needed that to kind of rally here. Man, the Rangers have everything going for them right now. Look at this save. Oh, flash it, Louie. Fucking Gene's going to concuss Gensel. We're going to be down two men. Gino's flying out there. All right, we got we to gotta get out of here. We got to get off before something else terrible happens. Shout out to Ruffer <laughs> for joining us. Shout out to Pat. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat for following along. Uh, we'll see you all next week, and we'll have some, some round two, hopefully, to talk about in at least a few of these series. Uh, Hell yeah. Good luck. Good night. God bless. We'll see you. And that's Hockey Talk. <laughs>